92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. All right, let's take some time and chat with Congressman Rodney Davis uh, from Taylorville. He's been representing the area for uh, over a decade, uh, and uh, he's uh, on his last few days as a member of Congress. So we'll talk with him about what's next in the future of Rodney Davis, uh, but also uh, maybe some uh, reaction to some of the the top headlines of the day. Uh, Congressman, thanks for taking time with us. How you been? Well, I always regret it when I'm done talking to you, but here I am. Oh, stop it. That's not true. You know it. Uh, no, seriously, though, thanks for thanks for taking time. And, uh, you know, I guess just if you could reflect a bit on uh, where you've come from, uh, what was it, 12 years ago or so, being appointed, and then all the, the stuff you've seen in your time in Congress. Make sure I, I, I clarify something that still... Uh, gets people confused. I was not appointed to Congress. No one gets appointed to Congress. I got named to the ballot and had the luxury of running a five and a half month uh, campaign that cost about $11 million uh, and won the closest Republican victory in the nation that November. But I was lucky enough, uh, blessed enough, thankful enough to be able to keep that district that was drawn from Democrats um, for the entire decade. And every election that Democrats and Republicans voted, uh, I won. And we were the top target in the nation for many of those years. So my reflection is about the fights that we had politically, but also how do you fight politically at the same time, go compartmentalize to be able to get legislative successes. And a lot of the promises I made when I first ran, we actually fulfilled. Well, and you uh, also were uh, recognized as somebody who has worked across the aisle in a bipartisan manner, uh, getting that recognition uh, year after year. Talk a bit about that and the importance of that, especially with as polarized as things are. Well, I've always said, you know, I, I try to bring, be somebody that tones down the rhetoric. I mean, look, I had to run from bullets on a baseball field because some idiot was inspired by lefties in Washington that somehow we were killing people by trying to fix our broken health care system. Um, I don't want anyone to have to go through that. No, there should be no political violence on either side. But instead, since then, uh, we've seen polarization get worse. And it's unfortunate. Um, but in the end, bipartisanship, I think, is valued by those voters in the general election. But unfortunately, as, I, you know, as I'm a prime example, uh, it's not valued as much in the partisan primaries. And in the end, a lot of that blame has to go to state legislatures, governors who sign more gerrymandered maps that put more polarizing figures in Congress and both parties. So there's got to be some reflection in Springfield at the state house too, when it comes to their talk about getting rid of polarization, when they have made districts elect more polarized people. Congressman Roddy Davis with us on WMAY, reflecting a bit on his tenure in Congress. But uh, I definitely want to uh, get you to react to some of the uh, the recent headlines you just mentioned. The uh, Illinois State House they are uh, looking to uh, ban certain types of semi-automatic weapons. You also mentioned how you were on a baseball field uh, where uh, somebody with a firearm from Illinois going over to the Washington D.C. area and opening fire on you and your Republican colleagues. Uh, again, somebody who is a Bernie Sanders supporter and was uh, upset about uh, uh, any changes to Obamacare, I believe, was the motivation. But um, uh, what's your reaction to this push by Democrats to uh, to restrict what law-abiding citizens can can have when it comes to firearms? I was running from the batter's box to the dugout and then eventually off the field for safety. And the last thing I thought of was screaming and asking this nut job, hey, do you have a FOID card? Hey, did you get that gun legally? 
No. I actually solidified my support for every single American to be able to exercise their own second rights. I'm a concealed carry permit holder. I wished I would have had the ability to legally carry my firearm from D.C. to Virginia that morning, but I didn't. And I wish I could have fired back and the brave police officers who happened to be there. And think about this, too, because I, I didn't do the math until later when I was at a hearing with a couple of other colleagues who were on the field with me that day. And it was it was the math was finally done that if those two Capitol Police officers, David Bailey and Crystal Greider, were not present that morning, if Steve Scalise would have decided to leave early or go get breakfast, we would have been sitting ducks. And he had enough rounds of ammunition to kill all of us there and shoot us multiple times. When you do the math, that would have actually changed the balance of power in Congress. You want to talk about a constitutional crisis that was avoided that morning, an insurrection in the House that was avoided that morning because of two very brave police officers and three others that came eventually for backup. I would, I think the folks in Springfield that are trying to pass a gun ban need to understand the process to have to purchase and own a firearm in Illinois before they do. And frankly, my experience taking my experience in taking those gun control advocates to firing ranges, to gun shops, it proved to me that they don't understand the processes that are already in place that only law-abiding citizens actually abide by. Congressman Rodney Davis with us again. Uh, just a few other issues I definitely want to tackle here uh, with you uh, joining us. Um, you had mentioned uh, insurrection, uh, and uh, you had the January 6th committee uh, file uh, uh, referrals to the Department of Justice to go after the former president and uh, others uh, for a whole host of things, including inciting an insurrection. Uh, but uh, you were supposed to be on that committee, right? Does this committee uh, lack a certain amount of credibility because Democrats blocked what Republicans could be on? Of course it does. Uh, but, you know, most in the mainstream media, most in, and you know, who are Democratic say, oh, there were a couple of Republicans there. I, you know, look, Adam is a friend of mine, but he doesn't come conference with us anymore as Republicans. And this is the first time in our nation's history that the Speaker of the House did not allow the minority party leader to appoint his or her own members to a committee or a select committee. And, and Greg, it's a terrible precedent to set because it's going to come back the other way. And as I, I told Jim last night, I hope the, the threat to democracy discussion is the same when it comes Republican toward Democrat, because unfortunately there seems to be a two-tiered system of, of angst when it comes to how committees should and should not work. I wish I would have been on it because that report that was released yesterday didn't address the security failures that clearly everyone in the world saw that day on January 6th. And there's nothing mentioned in that report. And that's a travesty. A few other things here with Congressman Rodney Davis on WNAY. I'm Greg Bishop. It is Springfield's Morning News, now 830, pushing news back just a few moments here. But, um, uh, you know, talk about, again, you know, Republicans are going to take over the House, um, but uh, it's expected they'll investigate uh, the Hunter Biden laptop and uh, what connections the current president had with uh, any kind of influence peddling that's alleged. Uh, but you've also got a lot of revelations from uh, the Twitter files, including the FBI uh, being 
involved to a degree, even with retired officers or former officers in Twitter uh, internally, uh, seeming to 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 block uh, free speech or putting pressure on Twitter to block free speech. How important is it that uh, Congress get to the bottom of that, not just with Twitter, but with uh, other social media companies? It's extremely important. Um, we have to be able to have Jamie Comer as our chair of oversight government reform. Jim Jordan is our chair of judiciary. But I will tell you, and this is a message to everyone who, who doesn't think Kevin McCarthy should be Speaker of the House. Well, you know what? We already had our primary for Speaker of the House in our conference meeting, and Kevin got over 85% of the votes. Kevin McCarthy is the only leader that actually won something this election cycle. And he made sure that we won some very tough seats in very Democratic areas because he did the work. He raised the money. If we elect Kevin McCarthy speaker when he already got 85 percent of the of the members of Congress voting for him to be speaker, then you don't get any oversight. You don't get to do any committee hearings to bring in the executives at Twitter. You don't get the ability for Jim Jordan to question the FBI officials who moved from DOJ to Twitter. You don't get any committee hearings to address a Hunter Biden laptop. So if you think that somehow Kevin McCarthy is not conservative enough to be the Speaker of the House compared to where we are, you might want to check that at the door. If you really care about the issues that you say you care about on social media, that you say you care about when you call into shows like yours and others, because if we don't have a Speaker, we don't have committees. We don't even have freshmen being sworn in as official members of Congress until that speaker vote is cast and completed and we have a speaker of the House. And that will be Kevin McCarthy. So if you are helping to, to give members who are being obstinate right now and stopping this oversight, stopping these questions from being asked, stopping these investigations, then you need to call those members that you've encouraged to hold strong against Kevin McCarthy and you need to tell them to get with it. Let's get a Republican speaker. Let's get crap done. Congressman Roddy Davis, finally here. Uh, what's your future look like? Uh, you want to maybe, I don't know, come uh, do some some fill-in hosting here? Or uh, where do you see yourself uh, next year and in the years ahead? Well, you know, we'll see what, what the future holds. I, I joked with Jim last night. I told him none of his business. Um, but <laughs> in the end, uh, in the end, I'm, I'm sure I'll find a job, but uh, you, you've given me something to think about to come in and be able to to spew about anything I want every morning, including making fun of you yeah. for multiple hours on end. You know, I mean, it's one of the great things about the First Amendment, uh, Congressman, is uh, you get to do just that. Just as long as you know you're not uh, being obscene or uh, <clears throat> cracking, uh, you know, explicit jokes and things like that. So uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, Central Illinois would probably be uh, uh, very informed by what you could uh, share in a longer form uh, uh, conversation. So greatly appreciate you taking the time. Surely this is not going to be the last time we talk, so uh, we'll definitely talk again in the near future, all right? All right, buddy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. All right, now it's 8.34. Got to take a break for news here on WMAY. Here's a check headlines. 92.7 WMAY. Here are the three big things you need to know. I'm Don Howard. Our top.